Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet writers Bess Kalb, Fanny Singer, and best-selling author Terry McMillan. These authors have written remarkable new books about the complex, restorative, and joyous power of female relationships. Go behind the mic to hear what it was like for them to narrate their own audiobooks. Plus, find out which author recommends an audiobook that she says was like the greatest lunch I ever had. Enjoy. Hi, this is Bess Kalb. I wrote my book because I wanted to honor my grandmother. I wanted to feel close to her again and bring her stories back to life and in some small way bring her back to life through that. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be challenging. Because like most people, I have trouble hearing the sound of my own voice. One nice thing about this book, though, is I was hearing my grandmother's voice doing it. So... I was able to get over that pretty quickly. I realized I had trouble pronouncing defibrillator. I'm not even sure if I did it right just then. Defibrillator. Defibrillator. And it comes at such an emotional point in the book that I had to keep stopping down and resetting and trying to say it. And I think it probably took half a dozen tries. I'm the daughter of two doctors, and I can't pronounce a very basic piece of medical equipment. Defibrillator. I still said it wrong in talking about how I was saying it wrong. Clearly, I was not cut out for medicine. That's why I'm a writer. I'm excited about listeners hearing my grandmother's stories the way I heard them, which was oral. My grandmother was a storyteller, and this book is, I think, best enjoyed when you're hearing it because that's the way the book is written. The book is written very conversationally. So the audiobook gives me a chance to actually have that conversation out loud. I love listening to audiobooks. I've been listening to them since I was a kid, since I got my first iPod. I filled it with David Sedaris telling his stories. But the last great audiobook I listened to was definitely Michelle Obama's because it was like having the first lady tell me all her secrets into my earphones. It was like the greatest lunch I ever had. Or in my case, it was like a transcontinental flight. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast my grandmother. It's her story, and nobody can tell it the way she does. What you heard was a pale imitation of a great lady. And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. It's a terrible thing to be dead. Oh, how boring. How maddening. Nothing to do, nothing to read, no one to talk to, and everyone's a mess. Thank God for that, at least. The rabbi at the service didn't know me from Adam. I didn't pay attention. I was watching your grandfather. I always hated Hebrew, Bessie. There was too much of it. But when everyone started the chants, he finally stopped crying. Fine. Good for Hebrew. I will say this. I'm more upset than any of you. Hi, this is Fanny Singer, author of Always Home, A Daughter's Recipes and Stories. 
I wrote my book because I felt like it was an opportunity to reflect on my relationship with my mother, with whom I am exceptionally close. And I started writing it when I was still living in England, so quite far away from where she was in California. And the writing itself became a way to feel close to her. It's how the title came to be Always Home in the end, because even when I was writing at a distance, I did feel close to her through the writing. I was inspired by all the many flavors and memories of a childhood that was dedicated to a certain kind of culinary obsessiveness and search for flavor. And it felt like writing the book would be an opportunity to delve back into those memories and actually almost taste things through history just by writing them down. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be surreal. I have never done anything like this before, and sitting in front of your text and meeting it every single day for a marathon session is both a strangely out-of-body experience and also the most intimate I think I got with this manuscript at any point. I realized I had trouble pronouncing a priori. I had just never said that out loud before, and yet it is in the book twice. There were a few geographical locations that were important tethers to place, or I was using them as a point of reference for a description of something else that I realized I had never actually said out loud, but had just looked up. One of them was the uncomfortable Uncompagre? Still can't say it. National Forest? Is it in Utah? <laughs> I forgot already. I refer to one of our car journeys as being incredibly windy, like the Pecatonica River, which is also a place I've actually never seen, just looked at from Google Earth to verify that it was adequately loopy. The thing about narrating this book that I'm proudest of is that I think listening to the recipes read out loud is not terribly boring. I would like to imagine that people who are not actively cooking in the moment of listening would still sort of feel a wash in the texture or mood of a recipe and maybe that it would make them hungry. I could never really imagine anyone else recording this audiobook. I think it's why I felt that it was important that I do it. A story like this is just so intimate, and especially these stories about my mother. Of course I would love to have Meryl Streep. Who wouldn't? Everyone chooses her. But I think in this case, no one else was right. The last audiobook I listened to that I really loved was Michelle Obama's Becoming. I really wanted to listen to her read it, in part because it was Michelle who was narrating it. And Listening to it was so gratifying. She infused it with so much personality and emotion and heart that it made it really a pleasure to listen to rather than read. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks, and in fact, anything resembling an audiobook or podcast, is driving. There's no better place when you're just sitting in the car, and especially if you're in California, where getting most places takes you know, a good 30, 45 minutes, you can really immerse yourself for a stretch in a text. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. My mom speaks a language of beauty that I think very few are fluent in. 
In fact, only my mom can use the word beauty without it sounding cliche to me, although I am a jaded member of the art community where the word beauty is often frowned upon. When musing on my mom's particular contributions to civic life in Berkeley, a philanthropist and longtime supporter of her Edible Schoolyard project suggested to me that, above all, she ought to be credited for emphasizing the importance of beauty in one's life. I think it's true that beauty is generally now considered to be superfluous, something merely cosmetic, but the way my mom thinks about it, which is to say practices it, really, places it at the core of a set of values she's evolved into a kind of pedagogy. Hi, this is Terry McMillan, and I'm the author of It's Not All Downhill From Here. I had been thinking a lot about aging. My mother passed away when she was 59, and I was 67 when I started writing this book. I was grateful that I was still alive, and I just started thinking about aging, what my expectations were, what a lot of our expectations are as women. I worried about if I was taking good enough care of myself. I had lost a lot of friends and family members who were younger than I was, and it worried me. You know, I think also that a lot of people that I know, they really see aging as downhill. I don't really, nor did I really see it that way. And I wanted to be able to explore a character and character's who all age differently or deal with the whole idea of aging differently. I mean, I don't write books to depress anybody, especially me. I really wanted to tell a story where women were very conscientious about where they were in their lives and address them honestly, the issues, and be more hopeful. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be empowering because I had to believe what I had written. First of all, you don't really hear yourself reading your book out loud when you're writing it. Reading it and hearing it, I realized that it was honest. In some moments, it was heartbreaking, and some moments, I was just grateful. First of all, I had a lot of words, Japanese words. I realized I had trouble pronouncing going. I didn't say it right. I can't say it. I can't even spell it. And text, texted, T-E-X-T-E-D. I didn't know if I was supposed to say the E-D. I'm proud that I was able to change voices to sound like the characters because they all have different voices, including her friends. I hope that listeners will appreciate that everybody's voices were different, because it wasn't easy. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Alfre Woodard. I love her voice. It's sexy, it's strong, but soft, and she's very persuasive in everything I've ever heard of her, and I just love the sound of her voice. And now, listen to a clip from the audiobook. I don't want another surprise party which is just one reason why a few weeks ago when my husband, Carl, called while I was walking our dog, B.B. King, to the dog park and asked what I wanted to do for my birthday this year, I politely said, baby, let's try to figure out how to get our second win. At first, Carl high-pitched chuckled, 
like he was a soprano or something, and then he said, well, we need a boat. I chuckled right back, even though I was serious as a heart attack. Don't you worry, Miss Lowe. I've got you covered, he said as he hung up. I knew he didn't really get my drift. What I meant was, since we both had more days behind us than we have ahead of us, how about we try to figure out what more we can do to pump up the volume? This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.